Welcome to the Little Things with Mitch and Jake. Jake, we are live here at Cool Beans Coffee and Rotisserie. Kind of the first time we've done this uh, beautiful facility in there. In here, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, this place is magnificent. I've never been in here obviously before. Uh, I'm obsessed with the brick and kind of the industrial look layout, and this coffee is absolutely amazing. I was going to so, say you've made about four or five comments on how good the coffee is. I'm not a big coffee drinker, especially the hot stuff, because I sweat tying my shoes. If I had a cup of coffee right now, there's no way I would uh, stop sweating before I went to bed. So. We are joined here with three awesome guests. They've told us how awesome they are the last 10 minutes before joining on. Um, Kurt Osborne's the first one we have, the owner, founder of Cool Beans, and he kind of shared some things I didn't even know uh, about the company. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad you're here. Yeah, we, uh, we got a nice turnout here on Saturday. We wanted to come on a day where we knew there was going to be a lot of people because they're all here for us. I mean, look at everyone <laughs> looking at us right now. <laughs> Big crowd. Stand up, stand up. <laughs> yeah, can you hear them in the background? So, uh, Kurt, tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in Mitchell, so I was a colonel, uh, class of 74. I went to a, another university down the road for a degree in social work, uh, and then I got a master's degree at St. Cloud State University, and that brought my wife, Christy, and I here to Brookings 35 years ago. So you said down the road, that's got to be USD if we're in Brookings. Correct. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. BJ scowled over here. I, lo I love it. I love it. So yes, uh, Brookings, uh, the community, been here 35 years. Uh, we've got a few questions just based on uh, community. That's kind of what this quick hit's going to be is uh, community. How has this community, Brookings community, changed in the last 35 years? Well, I think, uh, I know obviously it's grown a little bit, but uh, uh, connection that I noticed more than anything is the, is the collaboration between the university and, and the community and what happens when people have a, kind of a similar goal and they want to make the whole town better. And, uh, that's the thing that impresses me more than anything. Yeah, I was thinking about that and I just wrote a note about that too. You said the university and community. When I think of Brookings, I think of South Dakota State University and it's neat that you know, obviously SDSU is represented well here at Cool Beans, and what I'm curious about is how Cool Beans has been interactive or receptive to that, and how you guys have paired with the school more specifically, and, and how you guys uh, interact with the community yourself. Sure. Well, most of our employees are students or graduates, and so that makes a big difference to me, uh, knowing that there's folks in town that want to work, and we get a chance to meet them and have them here. A couple of fun things that we've done with the university is we make four different kinds of coffee cheese with the SDSU dairy. Oh, really? Yeah. And then most recently, in the last couple of years, we've had a lot more opportunity to be on campus and do catering events. Air markers uh, become a lot more flexible and open to that, which is we're glad for. Uh, but we'll have uh, we have retirement parties for the dean of engineering here. We often have places full of students, a lot of teachers and support staff from SDSU will gather here. So it's, uh, it's just fun to be a little bit of piece of that university and uh, town connection. So Kurt, you're just not a coffee shop, you know, someone driving from out of town sees this place, sees it's very cool. Um, what else do you got going on here at Cool Beans? Well, we're uh, in terms of the different pieces of the business. 
Uh, we actually have in the back that you can't see, we roast for 11 other coffee shops. And uh, we ship a lot of beans. We shipped to Texas and Florida this week. So the, the bean roasting and shipping and selling is a huge part, and it's really not visible from walking in the door and sitting down and having a cup of coffee with your friend. That's, that's probably the most unknown thing about it. Yeah, I didn't know that. We talked about just when we met uh, this morning how you guys ship out to different places, which I think is really cool. You connected with a, a pad, podcast on the East Coast, and if you uh, if you want to share that story, that'd be awesome too. But just the the opportunity that Cool Beans has is, is very very cool, and the fact that you guys do ship out is, is awesome. Yeah, that part of our business really accelerated during COVID. I think you know, people were at home and they were on the internet and they found us and. We've got a pretty good selection and variety, and, and our prices are fair. And it was uh, that's what kept us going through COVID. Well, if you're not careful, we might have a little things podcast brand of coffee here before we take off. We'll see what we what we got going. But one uh, last thing, Kurt, that uh, we're going to ask all of our guests here. Uh, the podcast is based on the book Cardboard Confessionals. We asked seven students, we asked uh, we had seven students in the class asked uh, students in high school and middle school seven questions. Uh, what do you want to do before you die? What makes a meaningful life? What are some of you given up on? Questions like that. We want you to answer one of those. So out of those three, what do you want to do before you die? What makes a meaningful life? What is something you've given up on? Pick one of those and answer it. Putting you on the spot here, Kurt. Oh, I was going to go with the one that you asked about what you're most proud of. There you go. You got you it. Can do that? I, uh, well, hey, you're running the show. Okay, <laughs> you're running the show. You do what you want. <laughs> well, I think my wife would agree with me. We're most proud of our daughter, who's a uh, graduate of STSU, works at a really uh, wonderful place in our community, the Boys and Girls Club. She's married to a teacher and a coach who's a great young man. And, uh, that just brings a smile to my face. Awesome. Love yeah. that. Can't get much better than that. One just uh, does she come here and enjoy the, the family business with you as well? She does. She will work a lot of Saturday mornings, um, and she knows the business because she saw it go from the garage to here. And uh, she can do, she can roast, she can work the till, she can do everything. And I'm sure the pay is amazing. It is. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not an inheritance kind of thing, but it's uh, <laughs> it's sustainable. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Osborne, the owner of Cool Beans in Rotisserie. Thanks for have, uh, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. So yeah, we'll just kind of chat, and our next speaker will get uh, lined up. I think is our live stream still on. Too? I think so. Yeah. yeah, we're good to go. Cool. So yeah, we. Uh, Really enjoyed uh, being here and have enjoyed being here. It's been great. We got here about an hour before uh, we went live and got to talk and get to know Kurt Osborne a little bit. He's doing cool things in the Brookings community. He speaks extremely high of this community and its support for local business. Um, great guy, great establishment. Uh, come on and check it out if you are in the Brookings area. A lot of people from around the Midwest uh, that are checking this place out. So uh, if you're ever in town, uh, check it out. Jake, what did you think of our first guest? Awesome. Uh, great place. Cool Beans is, is awesome. I'm already in love with this place. We'll have to come back down because I'd be curious about uh, learning about the business and how it kind of started. Uh, you mentioned, Kurt mentioned, in a, in a garage. And I just love those stories of how businesses start small and, and they gain some momentum and you have a really, really good... Uh, you have a really good backstory in your why, right? And then now, obviously, it's, it's built uh, to this, which is an awesome place here, right on Main Main Avenue here in Brookings. So, um, 
really, really cool to talk to her. Well, and regardless of where this is brewed, it doesn't taste like it's been brewed in a, a garage, I can tell you that. I'll probably have three or four cups of this today, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If I had three or four cups, like I said, I don't know if I'd stop sweating. I don't like, know if you'd make be, it home. No, huh? I'd just <laughs> pull out and walk half the way. But uh, we're joined now with another local legend. Is that, would be, is that fair? Is that fair? Yeah, I'm legendary. All right, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Brad DeBeer, um, currently at Brookings Radio, lives in Hendricks, Minnesota. A big name here, does a lot with the college at SDSU and high school sports. Um, also at Dubrook High School, middle school, elementary, going to do a, a lot there as they move forward with their athletic program. Uh, glad to have you along, Brad. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Jake, you want to tackle that one first, see what we got going. Sure, yeah, it's great to have you on, Brad. Uh, I'm curious uh, a little bit about your kind of backstory and, and your why, right? So you started kind of in a, a similar industry as Mitch and I, and we talked a little bit about that and, and kind of the meaning behind it. We talked about the quality of, of what you do versus what you actually do, right? And I'm just curious kind of to hear your perspective on kind of your your upbringing and your reasoning behind what you've done for, for a living so far? Well, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons on to where I'm at, where I'm at now. Finally, at 51 years old, going on 75 kind of thing, you know, it feels like <laughs> some days. Uh, no, my, my family, uh, my dad was an educator to start with. He was, uh, you know, he was into athletics. He was a coach in high school. Not as I grew up, he had gotten out of it by that time when I was older. But uh, he was a high school teacher. My mom was a kindergarten teacher, first grade teacher for a while. Then they went into the private sector and, and, and owned a business uh, in White. Actually, we owned a grocery store there for a lot of years when I was in grade school growing up, up through third grade. And then Dad took over at the, the bowling alley here in Brookings. So for 26 years, he was the general manager of the Prairie Lanes here in Brookings. And so, you know, we've been around the Brookings area our entire life. I think the big, biggest city I've ever lived in is Madison. Whoa! Ma Madison's my big town. <laughs> Madison, South Dakota. And, the, you know, best 10 years of my life in college, right? That's what, that's what I say. <laughs> the Van Wilder uh, move. Yeah, right, Wilder. Up, right up. I like it. So, you know, spent a lot of time in small communities um, and in small schools and things like that. So, grew up, like I said, through third grade, going to Dubrook schools. We then moved to Volga. Uh, went there to Sioux Valley High School uh, and graduated from there in 1989. Then went on to Dakota State and graduated there. Had no idea what I wanted to do right out of high school. I, I thought, well, I should go into business. You know, that's what everybody does, right? And as I got there, found out real fast that I wanted to be in education, be a teacher, be a coach, be a part of it. Was fortunate enough to coach a couple of years and, or teach a couple of years at Hamlin Middle School. Um, and it just worked out. My wife got a job. We both graduated at the same time. She got a job at Sioux Valley. And I got out uh, at the same time, went to Hamlin for two years. And then came back just where we had to drive all the time, you know, the drive time. Uh, and then went into radio uh, for whatever reason. I uh, had gotten a call from Tom Coughlin, who was the general manager of Brookings Radio, which used to be right across the street here at the old train depot. And he said, you want to do radio? And I said, well, I said, I've never really done that. I'd worked for him a little bit as a salesman just for six months and couldn't stand that at all. Selling radio is one of the worst jobs I ever had. <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, I didn't have a tangible thing to tell him. Here's a piece of paper. This is better than that piece of paper. But I couldn't <laughs> tell him why that guy sounded better than that guy. Um, anyway, and so he said, well, you've been on the radio a little bit. You can talk. You'll be fine. You're not afraid to talk. And so there it was. I, I showed up the first day at work at the radio station, and the guy that I was replacing was there to show me how to do it, right? And Mike Hart, I tell him this all the time, we walked in at quarter to six, went on the air at six o'clock, and at 6.15, he said, hey, I gotta run downtown real quick and grab something, we'll be right back, hit this button to start the music, if you wanna talk, hit this button, and he never came back. And that literally is how I got into radio right there. From that day on, I was live, and so for about 20 years now, I've been doing morning radio in, in, in Brookings, and you know, it doesn't feel like 
I don't want to be a big city. I never want to be a big city radio guy. We have groups that have come in and said, you should go up and, and try a different place. I said, why? I said, this is what it is. This is, I just get to talk to everybody I see every single day. I said, I love that because they drive by and I say their name and they honk at me. And, you know, that, that's what it is. So, But in the meantime, I got to still coach. So I've been coaching uh, ba- basketball for 20 years and, and track and I coach volleyball. I still do that a little bit. My wife's the head volleyball coach at Dubrook. I'm her assistant, so she thinks she's my boss. But she's right. She, she is. always is. There's no doubt of that. Uh, then I became the athletic director here just this year at Dubrook, so I actually am her boss. So that works out till I get home, and then yeah. I'm not anymore. So, uh, that's kind of my story. I just bouncing around with sports. I've done play-by-play play on the radio. I've, I've been fortunate enough to follow SDSU. I get to follow the Jackrabbit volleyball team for 10 years and travel with them. Uh, in that transition period when they went from Division Two to Division One, and that experience was just incredible. You know, we get to travel the countryside. We used to jump on buses and go everywhere, and then all of a sudden they became Division One and got better and better. And all of a sudden we were jumping on airplanes, flying place to place, and, and it was just a cool experience to be able to bring what they were doing in whatever town in, in Maryland or wherever we were at to everybody back in Brooklyn uh, and, and keep them, you know, in, in the focus of what everybody was watching. And so that's, that's my story. I get to do South Dakota Public TV and get the front row seats there. And I, don't, I don't sleep much, and that's all right. So, so Tom Coughlin um, got to start at Brookings Radio and then went on to coach the New York Giants to a couple Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah it's amazing that, that, that transition he made. <laughs> that is so. a transition. Wow, good for him. I mean, yeah. No, the Tom Coughlin we're talking about is now deck drop. So, <laughs> so um, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is the best part of small communities? You probably know people... In, uh, in bigger cities and things like that that say all the pros of living there, but you've chose to live in a small community and raise your family in a small community. What's the best part? You know, the family feel. I, I mean, I, I, we're, my wife has a, a tight family. My family is small, but we're always tight. We did everything together. So you get that family feel of a small community. Uh, I enjoy the fact that I get to know a lot of people. The other side is everybody gets to know you. You know how it is in a small community. Sometimes maybe more than you want, but... You know, the two jobs I've ever done in my life, being an educator or a coach and being on the radio, I mean, my life is literally an open book, you know, and I tell people when I was on the radio, whatever I do during my day, there's my material, so careful what you say, you know, kind of thing. And and so, I, you know, you just, you get to meet so many people, know so many people, they all know you, um, you kind of fall in love with the, the small school feel, I mean, that that's what kept me in a small community, probably just because of where we are as, as educators and coaches, we get to be around that small community, and that's just what, what our love was. You know, and I, you know, Brookings, I've never felt like Brookings is a big city. Brookings is a, is a city that feels like a town, and I think that's the allure of Brookings, too, is what people love about Brookings, that there's a lot of things here for you, but yet you feel like you're in a small town at the same time. Well, you definitely feel like you're in a small town. And, you know, Mitch and I often joke about this, too, so I graduated from Summit High School up in the Bermuda Triangle there. Yep. Mitch went to Northwestern, and then we both went to Dakota Wesleyan. So that, that transition We won't hold that small Dakota Wesleyan. Yeah. And that transition was, was easy because it's, it went small, small, and then um, we talked about quality relationships, too, and it's easier to have those deeper conversations and form some of those connections within a small community. And if you just want to touch on the importance of that, and then we'll get to your question about how how important the deep relationships and those conversations, like how important that is to yeah. to really engulfing yourself or embracing the small community. Yeah, I, I mean, you get to know people on a more intimate level, which some people 
want that, and those that don't, that live in a small community, they keep themselves, and they don't let you in, you know, they have their, their curtain, they don't want you in there, so you're right, I mean, raising a small, raising a family in a small community, you get that extra family feel, that safety feel too, where we, we never felt like, you know, if we went on a vacation, and, or had to go somewhere, and our daughter Shay had to stay with someone else, like, well, she's got to check in, it was like she was just, it was just a friend or a neighbor, but it was like she was going to a family member's house. Right? You just you knew what they were doing every day, and so there is that piece and that, that intimate piece of, of getting to know each other and understand each other. You all go through the same types of things. You know, you're all going through the same issues, the same problems, and that kind of stuff. And you know, over the last couple of years, we've all had that. So small community, you, you kind of all you, you find your friends, but yet it isn't like you just have your little group of friends. There's there's it, it's spread out. There's just a lot more friends to go hang out with, I guess, when you, when you do it that way. That you feel closer to, I should say. So the deepest question you're going to answer for us, I think, I don't know, uh, one question from Cardboard Confessional. There's seven of them, I believe. You have already picked one out. Uh, you want to state that question and go ahead and answer it for us? I'm a notes guy because I got a lot I going like, through. The, I got a lot going through. I'm, a, head, I'm so. a notes guy too. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I, yeah, I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what superintendents do. They yeah. just they talk. They're PR guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I know what you guys. Uh, are. I know that. Uh, no, I do. At looking at some of the things, and you and I have talked a lot about this. We've had I've had you on the air and different things, but. I love the, the what makes a meaningful life question simply because I think it's so many different things for so many different people. Everybody has what it is. Some it's about the success of their career or whatever. I guess personally for me, it's probably more about um, having a family, you know, that loves unconditionally. That it, whether it's your immediate family or your your, your spread out family that you know grows up and moves away, that kind of thing. Um, having a family that does everything together for us and. and I'm probably a little bit freaky on that side because my wife and I literally coach together. I'm her assistant coach. She's my head coach. I'm the head, head boys track coach. She's the head girls track coach. So we work together. She's a teacher in the building that I'm an AD. I mean, we're just always together. We have one daughter. We don't have a big family for just the, the three of us. And it was just, we were the three musketeers all the time growing up. That's, we just went everywhere together. And it's not like we didn't allow her to go do her thing because she does that. We never see her now. You know, that always happens. But so that part of it, having a you know a job or career that allows me to give in, in, in my life and, and give to I, I just being in a school and image you know this and, and watching um, kids grow and it isn't always about you know and I, I probably feel it more now because we're on track where success is based on your own personal success you may not have got first we had kids yesterday that didn't get first place I'll tell you that much but they had their best day they've ever had in track and and they're jumping up and down they're excited about things they did. So I'm able to help give and, and be a part of that and watch these kids do that. And being in the school, we run across so many kids, I think, that need our activities that we have there or need the school itself. More than that activity needs the kid a lot of times. You know, in sports, you say that a lot where that, that kid needs that because that might be his best part of his day is those seven, eight hours that he walks in our door. And to be a part of that and to watch those kids and see those smiles and that kind of stuff, for me personally, that's what it's about for me is, you know, that, that's a meaningful life for me. And I go home at night, lay my head down, and be happy that I get to be part of that that day. When I think everyone sitting around this table right now understand that you can spend 10, 15 seconds with a kid or a person for that matter, and you might forget it. I just talked to VJ about this. Like, 
I said, you spoke to us, and I don't know, it was either Peter or Aberdeen, but I, it was very impactful, and I think it's led to this, and he's like, well, I don't remember. So that's how impactful I was on him. Yeah, yeah. You know, but well, I like, can tell you, my daughter's going into uh, elementary education, special education, and she brings you up, because you were her principal oh, in elementary. Man. And she does well, remember her, some of the things you talked about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she does it more because she rode with her mother to school every single day, and lo- and she saw the love that she wanted. But she always talks about the elementary side. I said, Mr. Reed used to talk about this and this and this. She, so, You've impacted more people than you think. Yeah, and I, I think that's important for us as educators and just people, just uh, servant leaders of the community, that we can do things, and we'll forget them in five minutes, but we have to lead, like, the, the little things that we do with people may impact them for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And if we go with that mindset of people, just think if everyone had that mindset, Yeah. What what this place would be like, you know? And I think... It goes back to small community. I think there's a lot more people in small communities that have that mindset, like, I want to go serve people. And yep. it changes the way the community runs. That makes sense? Yeah. Well, it does because that you talked about bigger communities. You become more of a number, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just it is what it is. It's the, it's the nature of being in a bigger school. There's more people. So you, not that you're not cared about, but you certainly feel more cared about in that smaller settings and, and that kind of thing. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and I, I think the, the word that comes to mind for me is quality. You know, within the first five minutes of meeting you, we talked about quality, and yep. it's the quality of relationships, the community, and your relationships with people within that community that ultimately provides a meaningful life like we talked about. So yep. really enjoyed the conversation. That was uh, that was well done. You yep. took good notes, Brad. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, you, know, you sent me questions. I'm like, oh, gosh, I've got things like a test right now. So. Well, and how organized do you guys think I am? Holy smokes. I'm not, but I sure like to trick people. That's yeah, I'm that's saying. for sure. Well, thanks for joining us, Brad. I appreciate your insight on small communities and answering that question for us. And, well, yeah. I appreciate it. What you guys are doing, I think, is awesome, too, and I'm sure VJ will speak to this, but being in a venue where you guys are able to get out and speak the word that you guys are speaking, you talk about little things, right? That's, I mean, that's literally what we're talking about. So thanks for what you guys are doing. I think it's so awesome. There's lots of things out in our world right now. Lots of negative. We've got to have positivity and keep spreading that. So we appreciate it. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thank so you. just kind of your insight on this uh, second speaker. Brad did a nice job. Yeah, it was awesome. Like I said, we talked about quality a lot, being in a small community. And then one of the big things that I think he touched on was small wins, right? So Brad coaches track, and he talked about, you know, this person may have not gotten first place in this race, and but he may have run his best race that that day or that season, right? And we talk about this a lot in our conversations is stacking those small wins, right? Like small wins lead to big long-term victories. You know, they, they lead to a meaningful life over time, those small action steps. So I think that was a cool thing that Brad touched on too. Absolutely. Uh, it was a pleasure having him on and Kurt earlier as well. Um, two good guys for the community here and I, we might have a third good guy for the community i'm not sure we gotta we're gonna have to interview him and make that judgment after we're done uh a sales rep for coleman heating and air conditioning or you selling that now vj <laughs> you just laughed <laughs> ladies and gentlemen vj smith has joined the show uh today and it's it's an absolute pleasure vj yeah it's great to be here um i hope i'm coming through i, I can't hear anything on headsets it's not your age I, no one can hear that it's okay, no one can hear it Honestly, one of the greatest things about being a professional speaker is you, you show up at places and they give you gifts. <laughs> now, this happened to from a group down in Sioux Falls five years ago. I like to wear it. Uh, I've got way too many coffee mugs, uh, uh, way too many t-shirts. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's been, a, been a great thing. Yeah, we got your mic. Your mic is good to go. So good. We, they got you. 
Um, yeah, you want to leave us off? Yeah, so I guess uh, just kind of starting with the, the community. Well, first, I want your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, kind of where you come from, how you got here, how long you've been here, all that. Okay, uh, originally from Eureka, South Dakota, a small town in the north center part of the state. When I grew up there, there were 1,600 people. Unfortunately, there were only about 800. It's the, uh, the sad tale of small towns in South Dakota. Came to South Dakota State in 73. Um, two years after I got here, I became the campus representative for the Miller Brewing Company. And uh, it was a great job. And, and, and uh, uh, two years after that, they elected me student body president. Uh, it's amazing how many friends you make by giving away free beer. Uh, <laughs> then uh, uh, I, I uh, worked out in Kansas City for 10 years. Um, in 1990, former athletic director Fred Owing hired me as assistant athletic director. I did that for six years. Um, and then uh, for 10 years, I was the executive director of the SDSU Alumni Association. And then uh, this thing happened where uh, I got into public speaking uh, and wrote a book. And, you know, the last how many years has been just a big year. So you spent some time in Kansas City, and I want to kind of get your, your thoughts on that. So you actually, you're from small town South Dakota, Eureka, like you mentioned, and then you went to the, the big city, Kansas City, right? And I'm just curious, it sounded like an opportunity, but what what drew you back outside of maybe an opportunity to get back to, to South Dakota in the Midwest? Like, what did that transition look like? Well, you know, I, I, when your conversation you have with Brad, um, there is a difference um, in big cities you may not necessarily want to know your neighbors, and they may not necessarily want to know you. But you come to a place like this, you want to know your neighbors. Uh, you want to have conversations on a Saturday morning uh, or at night. Wave. Uh, you know, in a city, you spend a lot of time in your car, uh, uh, maybe half hour, forty-five minutes going to work and then coming back. And the biggest thing I had to learn when I came back to South Dakota, and I've told this to people, is to be able to trust people again. Uh, because there were so many situations where I learned through being naive where I got burned. Uh, and uh, and so you have to learn to trust people at the word again, and that's a great thing. So, uh, and, and besides that, uh, Brookings is one of the few places when I did an inventory of where I wanted to live, this is, this is one of the places at the top of the list that I wanted to live again because of everything it has to offer. Absolutely, and you know, you, we're sitting here in Cool Beans uh, Coffee and Rotisserie right now. I've met some really good people in the community. What do businesses like Cool Beans and other? I mean, Main Street, Main Avenue here in Brookings is, is happening. They got a lot going on. What do these small businesses mean to the community, and what do they offer the community? Great question. I remember back in 1993, uh, flew with the football team out to Missoula, Montana. Um, Jack Rabbit was playing the Grizzlies. Uh, they called themselves the Grizz. Anyway, uh, uh, the Grizz. And, and uh, anyway, um, if you went around town, they had places like this. And you'd go in and, and you'd think to yourself, wouldn't it be great if we had places like this in Brookings? And so, uh, and, and, and it's here. We're, we're sitting in one of them. And, and uh, back before this country became a country, um, what people did is that they, they, they went to places called taverns. Now, we call some place tavern now, but that's what they were called taverns. People had meals there, and, and they, they talked to each other. That's where they, they, they uh, uh, 
got their friendships going. Uh, um, I would imagine a, a lot of parts of the United States Constitution were settled in a place like this. Uh, uh, probably over maybe some spirits, uh, uh, but uh, uh, these are great meeting places. And it's one thing that COVID uh, reminded us, reminded us that we needed each other. And because we got pushed away a little bit. And so these are great gathering places, and it really improves the quality of life. It's, what's interesting is that Kurt, Kurt and I go back for uh, 30 years, and he and I used to uh, meet at a different coffee uh, uh, place in town, and I didn't realize that while he was sitting there talking to me, what he was really doing was taking stock of the whole place and thinking, I can open a place like this and really do some great stuff, and he has. So, there you go. Yeah, love, love that, love that. Um, and this is obviously a, a great place in a small community, like you mentioned, too. Um, one of the words you mentioned there was trust. And trust is a big part of Mitch and I's relationship and kind of what we form here. And we, we like to form that trust with other people, right? I'm curious, so you mentioned early on that this little thing happened, which led kind of to an opportunity within motivational speaking and you to write a book. So I'm curious, you know, a lot of our listeners have heard of you, BJ, and we've had you on before, but I'm curious... Um, new listeners and such. Do you want to share kind of your interaction that you had in Brookings and what that kind of rolled into? Well, uh, uh, what happened was there was this little guy uh, by the name Aaron Marks. Everybody called him Marty. In fact, on his name bad, said Marty. That was it. In fact, uh, uh, Brad, the bear sitting here, his, his folks knew Marty because Marty was a bowler. Uh, uh, and, and Marty would talk about it. Anyway, uh, I, I noticed that his line was so incredibly long at the store, and people around town were talking about it. In fact, college students from marketing class or whatever would go out and videotape this guy of how he was interacting with people. And so I ended up writing a letter to uh, uh, the CEO of Walmart and told him about this guy named Marty. And you know, it, you know, I, that letter changed both our lives. Uh, because we became friends. Uh, I would go over to see him every two or three weeks at his uh, home here in Brookings. He lived in a double-wide trailer there, probably the double-wide. And um, then uh, he died in, uh, in April of uh, 2004. Before he died, I, I said, Marty, I'm going to write a book about your life. Uh, he, he was happy. Who wouldn't be? Uh, and the book came out uh, in October, excuse me, June 2005, and it got extraordinary likes. I'm just... I, I, I Amazing tap. In fact, I looked over here at Kurt, uh, and, 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 and Kurt gave that book as gifts, Christmas gifts, uh, uh, to the staff here. And I appreciate it because it's, a, it's a, a treatise on great customer service and getting to really know your people. And so, but what happened, that book went, got picked up by a national publisher. I never went to him. Mac Anderson, a guy who started a company called Successories many years ago, he started a book company called Simple Truths. He called me on a July day in 2007 and said, I want to take Marty to the world. That's exactly what he said. And, and, and all of a sudden he published a book. And next, I am getting emails from people in Brazil and, and people in New Zealand and people in India. And, and I'm thinking, wow, Marty's going around the world. And so uh, it's been an extraordinary thing. And, and the fact that the book was out there uh, was kind of a calling card. People would ask you to come to this location and all over the country and into Canada. So, so that's the thing that happened. So you kind of talked about Marty, you know, kind of know him in the late 90s, early 2000s. 
bringing back the community sense a little bit, how has Brookings in the community changed from kind of Marty's time when he used to, you know, change people's lives through an aisle in Walmart to now? How has the community changed? Okay, that is a great question, and, and there are two parts to this. Um, if an industrious historian slash author a hundred years ago wants to write the history of Brookings out of the they will refer to this time as the renaissance of Brookings, the great renewal. And, and, and there are two reasons for that. Um, back in the 90s, mid-90s, uh, the SDSU found it, nation found its legs. You know, they, they've always been moving along, moving along, contacting alumni, scholarships, whatever. But all of a sudden, a guy by the name of Jerry Lohr, who makes great wine, uh, reached out his wine-stained fingers and grabbed the foundation and said, we're gonna go. And, and there was a, uh, an initial campaign called Business for the Future, raised $50 million, which was an extraordinary amount of money. And, but now they had subsequent campaigns ever since. You take a graduate of South Dakota State University, maybe graduated in 1993, and bring that graduate back, having never been back, they'd be shocked at what that place looks like. Where am I? Uh, this is not the place I left. At that time, there were probably 7,000 students. Now we have 12,500. So, so that changed it. But there was another thing that happened, and Kurt's sitting here, and I'm glad that, uh, because we've talked about this. Back in 1996, and, and this is that idea of, of that Kurt had talked about, about how we worked together at the university and the community. In 1996, we ran a campaign to uh, implement one cent uh, sales tax. Kurt was the spokesperson for that campaign. And, and, and we tried to convince the community that we could do a lot of great things if we added a pen, okay? You know, nobody likes a tax increase. I get it. But you look around now, I mean, Martina McBride is going to be at the Swift Tell Center tonight. Four-time country western uh, female singer of the year. She's going to be at the uh, uh, Swift Tell Center tonight. That Swift Tell Center was built because of the penny that we worked on. You look at the renovation of, of uh, uh, well, the two phases of the Performing Arts Center. The, 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 the city-county building here, uh, the money came uh, from the city's portion from that. Uh, uh, McCrory Gardens, the, the, the tremendous visitor center. We have all of these improvements that have enhanced the quality of life. And people like that. They come here and they have all these experiences. And, and, and it's, this is quite a town. It is quite a town. You talk about Main Street, how wonderful this Main Street is. I took this 93-year-old woman from Chicago. I turned the corner down there by uh, 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 now Wells Fargo. I turned the corner and he headed straight south and down Main Street. And you know what she did? She squealed. She said, Mildred White, who ended up giving us $4 million, but she couldn't believe what, a, it was kind of like a Disney-like uh, uh, mainstream, and, 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 and she was fascinated by it. And I think sometimes we overlook that, uh, uh, the people that have seen it so often, but it is quite a mainstream, because a lot of main streets are dying. They go to malls, strip malls, and all the other stuff. Uh, this main street does all right. A lot of traffic you see going through there. So. Sorry to talk too long, but I get excited to have too much coffee. <laughs> that's why we're here. We're, we're excited to have you and to talk to you guys. So that's, that's why we're here. Brad warned us. Brad warned us. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I can be on the radio too. Yeah, yeah one day. One day. Um, you know, one more uh, thing before you go, BJ. We've asked our uh, prior guests this, Kurt and Brad. Uh, one question that we posed in the book, Cardboard Confessions. Uh, what do you want to do before you die? What makes the meaning of life? What is something you've given up on? Define your life in six words. What do you think about when you're alone? What is something that you're misunderstood about? Uh, what are you most proud of? 
So, okay, I'm gonna take that out? first one. Yes. Uh, because it was almost like somebody posed that to me many years ago. Uh, what do you want to do before you die? I gotta tell you what, guys. I could die right now, and I'm done now. I am, I am dead serious because when I turned 40 years old that night, Kurt heard the story before. When I turned 40 years of age that night, I was bummed out. It was half over. Gonna, you know, what have I done in my life? So I wrote down 57 things I wanted to do before I died. And, 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 and I called it a gold list. It's funny, that movie comes out a few years ago, people say, oh, the bucket list. So I have people come up to me and say, you know what? We're talking about something. That's on my bucket list. I said, can I see your list? Oh, I don't have, I don't have a list. Oh, I said, you have a bucket of thoughts. You know, a list is completely different. A list is a roadmap. This is where I want to go. In fact, the third role I wrote uh, on April 12, 1995 was to write a book. Third book. I, I now serve in the state senate. Uh, I'm going to finish that here uh, in December. Thank goodness. Uh, and, and, and but goal number 42 is to run for public office each once in my lifetime. I have finished 51 of the 57 goals and have absolutely directed my life as to what I want. So, what do I want to do before I die? I, I, I don't have anything. I've got a few things left that I want to do, but it's not going to be like, oh, I didn't finish that. You know? No, we're talking about the Boys and Girls Club. That was goal number 11. What's the Boys and Girls Club? I wrote, help start a program for children. And I was so fortunate that I got asked to be on that board because we started with nothing. Oh, we had $1,100. But we had no building, no kids, no staff, nothing. And But that, I look at number 11 and say, okay, you said you're going to try to do this. And so that's one of those places that I feel really, really good about, uh, knowing we have 1,500 kids in that at, at the Boys and Girls Club. Another example of the quality of life in Brookings, South Dakota. And so, um, you know, I, 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 there's another question, about six words or less. It's kind of like what I want on my tombstone. Just my name, DJ Smith, six words or less. He done his damage. <laughs> that would be a great thing to write on a tombstone. He, yeah. he done his damage. And, and that's it. I, I, I have no regrets. I tell my kids all the time, if I die, yeah, we're not going to have a conversation anymore, but don't feel sorry for me. I've had, I've had a, a, a full life. So. Love that. Thank, thank you for sharing, DJ. I, I think that's awesome. And, and that reminded me of a quote that I've heard, too, is that dreams are just dreams unless you start putting goals towards them. And part of that is, is writing down goals and actually having a list of stuff. You know, Mitch and I talk about bucket list stuff. We have things written down, but not everyone does that. And once you write it down, it actually becomes tangible, right? It's almost that sense of, like, you're being held accountable. Or you're holding yourself accountable if it's written down. So I, I, loved, I loved hearing that. So. Well, and how many guys, if you give them six words, you're going to be searching for days, right, to find yeah. six words? He only used four. Yeah. So you can even include his name, DJ <laughs> Smith. Yeah. That's six. That's impressive. Very impressive. So, well, VJ, thanks for joining us, as well as Kurt and Brad. Thanks for joining us today. This has been really cool, kind of our first opportunity in a public place. And we've gotten some smiles and stuff. you got some... I, your folks were taking pictures of you while you're on. I don't know if you saw that. It cost so. me fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Dog coming anyway. So yeah, I mean, we—it's been kind of cool. They've noticed what we're doing and looking to continue this. Uh, but BJ, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the words of wisdom. I'll say words of wisdom. What do you think? Well, you know what? When you've been around the sun sixty-seven times, you pick up stuff along the way. Now, Kurt, maybe uh, sixty-eight or sixty-seven. <laughs> anyway, we're about to see. You know, you know what, look, 
look at Kurt has done, and, and what Brad's about to do, and, 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 is that people have to be prepared to take risks. And, 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 because, you know, that's the big regret in life if I didn't try. And if you take risks, you're going to fail sometimes. But you're going to learn something in the failure. And, 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 and people's lives will change if they're willing to take a risk. And it's going to cost you time, but it costs you money. But boy, the world really opens up when you take the risk. Love thank that. You. Thank you so much, BJ. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, lo- I love hearing those words. So, so thank you, BJ. Uh, what what do you think of our last speaker? Awesome, awesome. We've talked to BJ before, and it's good to to hear his insights and kind of his background and everything. And for you guys that don't know, the little thing that happened with Marty, that book, the book that it turned into, is called The Richest Man in Town. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, that was big time. And BJ does motivational speaking as well too. If you want to look him up, but just uh, just really enjoyed talking to all three of these guys. It's it's been amazing. Here. We've got a lot of people in. I see a lot of people have dropped their name. We've got a drawing here as well as on Facebook. Uh, people that are sharing, liking that are going to have an opportunity to win some books, some merchandise, uh, some gift cards that we purchased here. Really cool place if you haven't checked out. Cool Beans in downtown Brookings. I would suggest checking it out. Uh, or maybe even in Texas, wherever they send their coffee beans. They've got coffee all over the United States. Some shout-outs. Do you got anything? Just I got one big one. Do you? Why don't you share that oh, Absolutely. So I'm sitting here setting up. Um, here in Cool Beans, you know, it's just me, right, Mitri, who am I, right? So I sit here in the corner, and I've got this uh, father-daughter that come over, and I, I've just got my computer, I'm not really set up, and they said, do you do the Little Things podcast? I'm like, yeah, why? Who's asking? You know, kind of, like, what are you going to do? What do I owe you, you know? Um, but it was a dad and a daughter. The dad brought his daughter from Minneapolis, Minnesota, to come tour South Dakota State, and she wanted to say hi to uh, the folks that did the Little Things, because she can't get enough of this podcast. It's Sean and Shiloh. Sean and Shiloh from Minneapolis, Minnesota, touring campus right now, and she got a picture with me. Holy smokes, I don't know if I've ever had someone ask for a picture with me, but really cool. Thanks for following. Ask kind of where you found out about the podcast, and she said just Instagram, and it's just around. She's heard friends talking about it and things like that, and we never would have dreamed that this podcast would... uh, extended that like people in Minneapolis listening to and it just goes to show you that the people that we have on are genuine um, they, they care about people they support people the two biggest things that you can do to be influential in someone's life um, and people want more of them you know which are three guests and stuff yeah and all three of these guys I mentioned that too and BJ most recently is like taking that leap right you'd be surprised at what you know taking a leap and taking some risk could do you know I remember when you came out to the farm we started this podcast about three days later, we had no clue what we were doing. We were talking about Brad and all the technicalities and stuff. We had no idea about the software. We, we were editing. We, were, we had no clue what we were doing. And we still don't really, but we're trying to have some quality conversation that helps with guests like this. So that just reminds me. It might be the first one in a setting like this, but certainly not going to be the last. It's been an absolute blast. It's been so fun. Thanks for having us, and thanks for joining us, guys. So that is it. So we've got an episode coming up next. This is Mitch. And Jake. Signing out.